0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the We Got Us podcast, where we are committed to ideas to bringing ideas of excellence and growth to the next generation. And very few other people in the Lower Mainland, I feel, that would um, better serve the purpose of the podcast than my friend and good and mentor of mine, Dr. Divi. How are you today, ma'am?
1: I'm good, thanks. How are you?
0: Very well, thank you. Um, yeah, glad that we're making the time for this because right now it's uh, Halloween. We're recording this on Halloween Saturday. It's a beautiful, beautiful, sunny afternoon in Vancouver, B.C., and she's taking the time to um, be inside with me virtually to respect the pandemic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you for having me.
0: <laughs> of course. So uh, Dr. Diviny and I first met actually at uh, – we, we both go to the same uh, workout gym here by Vancouver. Shout out to them. Hopefully we get a sponsorship soon or something. And um, as, uh, as someone um, obsessed with um, psychology, as I'm, I'm currently in January and beginning my uh, master's in counseling psychology, one of the things that Dr. Davey and I have in common that really, I didn't even know the work that she did before was um, like I, we both did 6 a.m. classes a lot. And in basketball, my favorite part of a basketball game because I was wasn't athletically gifted enough to really contribute when the game started, Was like I would love like the psychological part of the game. So while everyone else is warming up, I would just look around and be like, "Who's ready for this and who's not?" So actually, like before, for all of our bar friends watching this, before bar class, I do the same thing. Like I'll go, I'll go to the corner, I'll get into my own space, and I just take a look, like who's on their phone, just like passively passing time, and who's ready? Who's like who's locked in? Who's prepared? Like once and when we start lifting our knees, like you're locked in, and that's what really drew me first to you before I even knew the, about the outstanding work that you do. Thank
1: you. Thank you.
0: Do you want to tell us a bit about uh, what you do? I feel like that that would sure. be. Uh,
1: sure. So know. my background my background is I'm a family physician. So I went to school for about 25 years ago. Um, I moved into something called intuitive coaching about a decade ago. So what it, I work as an intuitive coach. I also train people how to become intuitive coaches. I write books. I speak. I do teaching engagements. All kinds of different things so what intuitive coach does is we use intuition as the primary skill set to help coach somebody and help move things emotionally mentally spiritually so there's a lot of um, emphasis on metaphysics and spirituality in the work i do and emotions so that's a lot a lot of the work i do is based on everything is energy so if we keep replicating an energy pattern that we don't like how do we change that and that's a lot of the work i do so i help people with health issues relationships money time life purpose it's the greatest job ever so yeah.
0: Definitely, definitely. And I think the the reason that I wanted to have you on today is most people, especially in uh, both Chinese, Asian and East Asian culture, yeah. we are very I like, think subservient may be the wrong word for, it, but we are um, put into a box of what we should and should not do professionally when we're younger. But what's what makes you special is to me, is your ability to have fulfilled becoming a family physician. But then you've pivoted to this new thing that fills you more, right? So yeah. can you talk a bit about that, that journey, uh, like pushing back maybe a little bit when, during your formative years, but at the same time pursuing your own stuff.
1: So I come from a family of four siblings. I'm the baby. And so that's always makes me the baby <laughs> the rebel. Um, mm-hmm. And there's four of us, and we're all doctors of some sort. Two of us are physicians, and two are PhDs. Uh, one thing my father always used to say to us, especially to me, was that just do this, and then you can do anything you want after. And because I kind of had that, because I was the youngest and I watched everybody else do it, um, you know, I want to be a doctor for lots of different reasons. The biggest was to help people, but secretly it was actually faster to do medical school than it was to do a PhD. So it was like, okay, <laughs> well, that's faster. And um, yeah, truth be told, and I could also, I also could move out younger because if I had done a PhD, I would have been staying at home because my father's a professor. So I would have stayed in the university he went to for free education. So there's lots of different reasons. Sorry. Where did you go? Uh, my dad. My dad's a professor at the University of Windsor, so I did my undergrad there. But I did my degree at Western, which is in London, Ontario, and I yep. did my residency at McMaster. So yep. when I graduated, I had no plans on doing anything different. When I graduated, um, I was super blessed because in my second year of residency, I had an exchange program to Australia. <laughs> so I mm. actually went to Australia and lived and worked there for half of the year with my now ex-husband and we were friends at the time and great guy and um, came back and just that that exchange kind of did a twerk in my thinking of just like balance, lifestyle, hiking, outdoors. So we came back to Toronto and then we ended up moving out west. And... Sorry.
0: Right. <laughs> so just, It was just really amusing to me because a lot of young people are going to be watching this. The fact that you use the word twerk in a way that's not like the miley cyrus dance it's hilarious to me <laughs> like what, what do you mean like my mind just went there sorry continue though <laughs>
1: that's hilarious that is too funny that is, that's a good point i didn't think of that um you're too funny Kate. so then i moved out west long story short um i basically fell apart when i was about 28 and i between 25 to 28 which is when i had started working as a doctor at 25 28 i had never really asked myself is this something i want to do Mm -hmm. So I think the Asian and Indian culture, like you were saying, Gabe, can be a bit insular Mm -hmm. and we're commonly told what to do
2: Mm -hmm. and there's
1: not a lot of choice. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that from the point of view. I know, I know from my family, it was done because they thought they were helping us. So it wasn't done to be mean or or horrible or rude. They -hmm. really thought they were helping us. So when I was 28 and now I've been working three years, I realized I didn't really like being a doctor, but I spent (laughs) all this years. It's all I knew how to do. Yeah. And to be honest, it's the only job I've ever had. i would never worked at McDonald's or anything else.
2: Yeah.
1: And, and it's a bit of a story, but I got quite sick, and then um, started yoga, and then actually ran a yoga studio for ten years. I taught yoga and ran oh. a yoga studio on the island for ten years, and so that right. was my, part, no, um, in when I was my in my thirties in Victoria, like Vancouver Island. Yeah.
2: Oh, okay, cool. In
1: Victoria, yeah. Thanks. And so I did that for about just close to a decade, and then I, when I shut that down, um, I came back to Vancouver, went back to family medicine a bit. And then, uh, started doing the, I had been training in this when I was finishing the yoga world. Mm
2: -hmm. And then I
1: started this business around the same time. Um, but I'm also a really big believer, not that you only live once, but you only have right now. So, Mm -hmm. and I'm a huge believer in happiness, like a huge -hmm. believer in doing something that makes you really happy. Mm -hmm. That's like my day-to-day motto is like, what can I, what, what fills me? What brings me joy? Mm -hmm. And medicine is a great job but it never made me happy. It didn't bring me joy. I felt like I was constantly putting a band-aid on people and it was really discouraging to be completely straight up. But at mm-hmm. the same time, it's not like I think doctors are bad or wrong. I think they do great work. It just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. So then I got into this and it was my dad's voice in the back of my head always said, do this first. And you can always do something else because this will always be something you can fall back on. So
0: question. Okay. Yeah. So because you were raised with that mentality, And with that idea, like this whole podcast is based on ideas bring change and awareness brings change, right? So for someone who doesn't receive that feedback and that piece of advice daily, someone watching this now, like a grade 12 student at like, let's say McMath High School and here in Richmond sees that, but they're like, how do I, how do I do this? Like, I want to, I want to do X, Y, and Z, but then I just, I may not have the resource. I might not have the path, but like, like, yeah, what, what do you say to that person who's may not have that guidance?
1: So, I believe that our intuition, our inner knowing always speaks to us. So, your loves or your passions are already there, always there. Mm. If you don't know what your passions are, I'll sort of sidestep this for a quick sec. What Mm -hmm. I say to my clients is, we're going to go to chapters together and we're going to walk around for an hour. You're going to walk for an hour. I'm going to walk for an hour. We're going to meet this job. Who
0: goes to the bookstore?
1: Old people like me.
0: Have you you heard of Amazon?
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) this is an experiment. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, so please, go, please,
2: please continue. <laughs> we go,
1: hilarious. We go to the bookstore, meet in Starbucks, and I'll say to them, "What three sections did you go to?" Oh wow! Those three sections are your are your thing. I never go to the car section. I never go to biography. I yeah. never go to sports. They're not my thing.
0: Even though you <laughs> were an LA Rams hat to or LA Rams tuch to every single bar class I've seen you for, since uh, the turn of the fall.
1: <laughs> yeah, <how> you... <laughs> but I'm also married to I'm I'm married to, to, a, to a sports addict. <laughs> so and it's a warm hat um but yeah so that's what you do is you find your passion by things like that Mm. then what i always tell people too is if it's your passion it's your soul like your s-o-u-l and your job might be to flip burgers or your job might be to be a chemistry lab major Mm. but if you trust your soul it's going to open up doors for you and you don't have to actually even Mm. look it'll happen it will happen and having somebody to work with like yourself gabe Mm. A coach is really helpful to work through your thoughts, so you can get into what your heart desire is, and that's yeah. a huge part of following that. So, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I think that's so huge. Um, I try not to reference my hero Kobe Bryant too much, just due to the emotionality attached to it. But one of the things that he said before he passed on January 26 was like, "Don't admire what I did in the he's basketball legend, uh, Kobe Bryant." For those of you guys who need an update, <laughs> um, don't admire what I did but admire how I did it because the most important thing is to be great at whatever you want to be good at. Like basketball was my box that I danced in, but what's your box that you're going to dance in beautifully. And like we, I hand you this blank canvas, whenever I work with some, a younger person or anyone I tell, I'm, I'm telling them like, this, this is a canvas you start painting and the same thing as your chapter thing, like, like metaphorically, whatever you paint, it's going to be beautiful at least it has to be at least be beautiful to you before we start talking about if it's beautiful. Can we go to sell this to, uh, in Rome, you know, metaphor. <laughs> so, uh, shifting gears a little bit, you spoke on the fact how do we develop like well, a lot of your work in, in life coaching is being comfortable with self, right? Like loving yourself, self-compassion. And I feel like there's a now more than ever, in my opinion, there's a void in, ability for young people and even adults to connect with themselves because now more than ever there are so many different pathways to numbness emotional numbness netflix tiktok you name it and i I, think yeah for me i feel like i think we spoke about it uh, we 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 prepared for this podcast last week we went for a nice little walk it's pretty cold but that's okay (laughs) and i said that like the the way that i think a reason that we connect so well is cuz i have this experience in uh, i went to vancouver college preparatory school and once and every year from grade 8 to 12 we would have as a religious catholic school we would have this one retreat a year where we would go and just discuss our feelings and and this was something that was normalized in me from 13 to 17 and then when i when i went to university when I had tried to have these same conversations with other, I guess, young men at the time, they were like, what the heck is happening? You know? Like, I just want to talk about sports. <laughs> so yeah. How do we, in this age where it's so easy to escape our feelings and the, and the work that you do, how do we, how do we re-access that?
1: It's a great question. It, it takes work and I'm not going to lie to you. It takes, I mean, most people talk about meditation and we'll get into that in a second, mm. but at the end of the day, we feel, and there's a zillion studies out there and books out there on the importance of inter- emotional intelligence. Mm. And I think emotional intelligence is the most important thing you can develop. Is what you're feeling to me, because right. if you're not emotionally aware, it forms illnesses, it creates divorce, it creates misery, and then you wake up in your 80 and you wonder what happened to your life. So, <laughs> so I mean, you only have. Like, I remember being really when I was sick. I uh, I remember having this really strong impulse of realization that I either could go down this path of being really sick. Which is not fun. You have to go to doctors, get tests, all that kind of good stuff, or I have to learn to slow my mind down, connect to my emotions and deal with them. And, and they both aren't, none are, none are fun. Yeah, go ahead.
0: Do you mind if I, if, do you mind yeah. if you share what you were sick with?
1: Oh, sure. Turn around. I had chronic pain. I had chronic allergies. Um, I couldn't walk from here to that door, which is maybe uh, three feet away without holding on to something. Um, every part of my body hurt. Um, I had chronic allergies. Every, every time I would eat certain foods, I would get hives head to toe. Mm. I was depressed. I was anxious. I had other stuff too. I don't remember right now, but that's the the majority of it. That was some of it. Wow. But yeah, well, it wasn't fun. You were <laughs> you well, relatively young at that time. Sorry?
0: You were relatively young at that time. Too. Oh yeah, I was 29. Holy smokes, that's like my age. I I don't. I, I'm glad. To, I'm thankful. Like I can walk to the door.
1: Oh yeah. So yeah. Yeah. You know, I was popping. gratitude.
2: Gratitude I was pop- first.
1: <laughs> Totally. I was popping, and I was I was slim. I worked out every day. I was a vegetarian. I had nothing. You know, I was yeah. a doctor. I was married to my the love of my life. I we lived here in Kitsilano. I mean, had it all. Mm. But I wasn't. I wasn't happy. I would stuffed away all these emotions from childhood. I'd never dealt with. So uh, that no. that
0: was that was the turning point. Just mm-hmm. so you had to deal with things internally in order, and then you healed holistically
1: totally That's exactly what i did i did the western medical approach which didn't take me anywhere other yeah. than a lot of <laughs> medications and a lot of coffee and a lot of alcohol and that was pretty much it yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that approach but i knew i knew here it was 28 one day i was healthy 29 i wasn't and like what's up yeah. So um, I went down the alternative approach and I started to realize those emotions. And I was like, oh God. And I, we didn't do emotions in my family. I never cried yeah, yeah. before the age of 25. We just didn't do emotions. Yeah. You don't do them. And so then I unpacked them. It took, I spent a year on a counselor's chair, um, went through a separation divorce at the time and yeah. journaled a lot and started meditating and doing all those things that you, you're t- supposed to do.
2: Yeah. But to
1: be honest, Gabe, and this is not an offense to any of your listeners, p- people aren't gonna typically do it just because. They're gonna do it because they fall apart. Yeah. You get it? It's not just oh, I want to do this. It's typically because there's got to be a pain point. Mm-hmm. And that was my pain point was illness. Yeah. Um. But you know, might somebody else's pain point might be anxiety and confusion and fatigue from their phone, right? Mm-hmm. And that and the pain point has to be large enough for us to slow down, be willing to talk to somebody. Talking to somebody is huge because then you can actually start to put two and two together. Yeah journaling, meditating, slowing down, breathing. That's yeah. how you get connected to your emotions.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think so often we wait for like a, a lot of athletes, a young, a lot, young a lot of young athletes follow me. Right. And we often talk about like, you, you got to start rehabbing, you, you know, knock on wood, you tear an ACL, you tear your Achilles, you know, shoulder separation, something right. And then that's when you check into physio. Yeah. But to me, like as, as a, as a male who deals with depression for who has dealt with depression for the last seven, eight years. Like I've, I've seen probably like 200 hours over of therapy over the last seven years. To me, that's the same exact thing. Like instead of saying, Oh, I twisted my ankle in in, in the fourth quarter last night, I'm going into to to see doctor, whoever to help me, you know, loosen up the muscle a bit. When you go see a counselor, when you go see a psychologist, psychiatrist, whatever you need at that time, that is the mental equivalent saying, Hey, like my knee or my, my ankle is bothering me, but something in my mind is bothering me that we should normalize that. That's the same exact thing to me.
1: Totally. Totally. And we, we less and less younger and younger people are starting to get it, but it's dismissed so easily, you mm-hmm. know, and the benefit of talking to somebody and trust me, I'm not selling myself. I'm selling Gabe here. Um, you don't want to see <laughs> me. I, you know, I, and I, I joke when you say, you, I say, you don't want to see me, but <laughs> it, giving the place for somebody to talk to you yeah. Gives them the place to work through their thoughts and emotion because it's one big jumbled mess up here. Yeah. And if you open the door, then everything can start to spill out. And people are their own therapists, but they actually don't know how to put the two and two together. That's 100%. what somebody does.
0: Yeah. They hold space I think I think the, the biggest thing I have learned from therapy is that we just we just need we just need someone to hold space. Like yeah. I've realized like when now that now when I go to therapy I I fully understand the song and dance like. The first time you go that you're like, the person's just asking me questions. I'm, I'm not getting any answers. But now no, seven years later, I'm like, okay, I know, it's, I know what to do. It's just about like the, the quality of question that the, my, my therapist or my life coach or whoever will ask me will dictate the quality of the solution. I think that's something right. that, that, we, that we both uh, aspire to do and aspire for greatness in every single session that we have with our exactly. clients, right? Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: Um, so you, you have a book coming out too, right? Your third or second book?
1: It's my, th- it's my third book. This one okay. I've co-authored with another author. It's called You Don't Look Psychic. It's um Please. super fun book and I don't have it with me. I should have it with me. I don't have it with me. Um, um i know it's one at job. home one job i know i know i know no trust me i know i thought of it as, as you asked that question I'm like, oh. and it's a really good book it's called you don't look psychic it, you can find it on amazon yeah. it'll be in about two weeks it's going to be both available as an as a ebook as well as something you can order a hard copy of it's really good it teaches you how to wake up your intuition basically the science behind intuition why we have intuition why we ignore intuition and how we're all intuitive hmm. to me using your intuition say it can save you gazillion years of life like you know your intuition will tell you don't marry this person don't go to the school do this class do that marriage if you don't listen to it then you can spend your entire life beating yourself up so
0: beautiful outside of the the chapters and starbucks example you already uh conveyed and articulated uh speak to a young person listening to this now like a university student say like you're a first year art student at ubc and you're a little bit lost all due respect to first year art art students (laughs) how do you what's the first step be like how do i follow my intuition I started reading. I started ordering your book.
1: Um, slow down your mind,
2: mm.
1: and pay attention to your gut feelings. Like, mm. for example, with eating, what does my gut want to eat? What does, gut, yeah, what does my gut? Yeah. What does my gut want to do for a workout? <laughs> right. My gut want to go to TRX or does it want to go to Pure Bar? Yeah. Start listening. It always talks to us. It always talks to us. Mm. Start listening in the day to day stuff. Slow down your mind and start mm. listening to it.
0: Yeah. I love it, and I'm gonna tack onto that a little bit. I think listening to yourself is huge, but also tuning your yourself narrative and your self dialogue. I think when I first I realized with uh, we have similar upbrings with like no emotions in the uh, traditional Asian families. So when I first started seeing therapy and I had to keep a thought chart with one of my first therapists. And I realized like, and one of my things is I, I would just go to McDonald's and like, write, I would write for two songs. I put on my headphones back, back then we didn't have AirPods. So it was like the old school, like wire hanging out and everything, or sometimes the over the ear one. And then I was just writing. I was like, wow, all these thoughts, like 90% of these thoughts are freaking disgusting and I wouldn't destructive. And I wouldn't say these to other people. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, so yeah, like watch your own thoughts, like listen to your own intuition, but also like. Be, have the courage if we if you can to see what you're saying to yourself and like so you can have beautiful conversations with yourself first and then watch the conversations with the people around
1: you change. Totally, because we do to others what we do to ourselves. Mm. So if we're constantly criticizing someone else, and this is going to upset some people, it's because we're criticizing ourselves, even if you don't know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's classic definition of projection. It's hard because a lot of, a lot of us grow up constantly criticizing external. that's because there's an internal voice that's doing it all the time
0: yeah yeah Yeah. so yeah that's where i think medic meditation is huge for yeah it's a good starting point for every person out there like don't try to sit for an hour just sit for five minutes and you'll
1: you'll, you'll, you'll hear everything totally just five minutes all you need when you start just five right. minutes totally no phones,
0: you know nothing like you don't need no meditation app no nothing just go to go to a room without your phone just go sit for five minutes and then come back to me <laughs> yeah
2: that's
0: all you gotta do yeah. all right so uh we kind of covered the, the the main course of our conversation moving on to uh dessert and our lightning round here <laughs> what is uh i have a segment called teen tip tuesday
2: okay
0: uh, it's inspired by my grade 10 study skills teacher, Mr. Anstey, he wrote a whole book about what's, what, what's something you would tell your 16 year old self. Got and at that time we were 16. So like he asked, he, he gave out pieces of paper to us when we were in grade 10 to like fill this out. And he, he didn't only ask us, he asked former students as well. So like at the end of the, at the end of the book, I'm sorry, at the end of the, the school year, when the book was released, right. We had all of the compiled answers inside the book. So it was like super, super cool. I still have it. I don't have it with me right now, but I'm going to ask you this. Um, so hopefully this can change someone's life. What's an idea that you would convey to a 16 year old version of yourself?
1: Basically, don't worry. It all works out. Mm. That's the biggest thing I would say. Don't worry. It all works out. <laughs> Get a self-esteem. <laughs> like improve, improve your love for yourself.
2: Mm. Your, you know? Mm. Yeah.
1: Don't wait till you're 25 to start to like yourself.
0: Yeah. That's so hard.
1: Yeah. It's a big one.
0: Yeah. like I, I love that. But at the same time, like, you know, your, your son's in, your son's in high school right now, right? Yeah. So you're like, You're just in the same environment the whole day and you, you don't have a choice to leave. Like if, when you, yeah. you when you become an adult, it's, it's like, I think when you said it, it's easier at, at 25 to love yourself, because at 25 you have the liberty and the luxury to leave an environment any, anytime you want to. But, if I'm going to Kitsilano High School and I don't like my classmates in English 11, I'm yeah. stuck.
1: Yeah, totally. So, so how, can, do
0: we, how do we love ourselves then? Like, What do we do?
1: You can still create an internal dialogue which says things like, I am safe. This mm. is fine. This is an hour class. It's not the end of the world. I've got English, math, I've got math 11 after this. It's okay. Mm. I have friends there. It's not mm. the end of the world. You know this is teaching me something i don't know what it's teaching me but this is part of my journey right yeah. and i would just keep a new new narrative going in my head because the narrative is typically i don't like anyone they're all mean this is yeah. terrible oh my god that was my narrative through high school yeah. right but it, it doesn't serve you right yeah. so just start a new narrative mm. and the other thing i would say too if that's your experience make sure you're getting some physical exercise because mm. physical exercise can undo that in a second mm-hmm. right that's what yeah. you know, a lot of high schoolers, if you're not exercising and you've yeah. got that dialogue in your classroom yeah. and you're not talking to anyone, you don't can't talk to your parents, your siblings, you don't have a coach to work with. Yeah, you gotta get some physical exercise because it's a night and day thing when you start working out. So, yeah,
0: absolutely. absolutely. And then also, I think find something that you enjoy doing. I think yeah, totally. a lot of us are pressured into when we are younger doing what our friends like to do. Like for me, it was basketball, right? And, right. But as i get older like you mentioned trx and bar later earlier those are my preferred methods of working out now now that i now that i've removed myself from the basketball scene like you know i actually don't outside of i enjoy every, the culture of basketball much more than actually playing basketball you know? <laughs> so you gotta find what you love and just do
1: that stuff all the time totally i agree i agree
0: um on that same last one for you on that same wavelength What is the most powerful idea that has helped you shift your life?
1: That love love heals. That love is always there. That love is this energy that's around us in kind of this invisible space around me. There is an energy of love that I can have access to. If I open my heart to it, it can enter. And then I can feel so much better in a second. Boom. It's just a thought. There's love around me right now. Am I open to it or not? And then, you know, if you want to go a little bit more advanced than the physics yep. conversation, you could call it yep. love, you can call it spirit, you can call it divine, you can call it soul, you can call it angels. I know that sounds weird. Yep. Or just call it love. The universe around me adores me. Am I open to that?
0: How do you suggest to clients that your clients have to remind themselves of that? Like, is it like a post it note? Is it just like a daily mantra that you talk to yourself during morning meditation? Like, how do you get that right. ingrained?
1: Right. It's a feeling thing. It's a feeling thing is, and you know, I, a lot of my clients I've worked with me for a long time, so are pretty advanced, but you know, and I'll go really briefly into this, but most people realize if they have a bad morning, coffee's cold, car's late, (laughs) kid throws up on you, you're gonna have a bad day. Mm. You have a good day, car's on time, coffee's yummy, there's no traffic, good day. Yep. So it all starts by how you build momentum in the morning. Okay. So that's up to you. You could build momentum in the upward or the downward. It's totally up to you. So there's an, and not, so it's about feeling. And the more people do things like meditate, laugh, dance, have joy, their mm. heart actually opens. And if wow. your heart opens, you can actually feel more love coming in. Mm. So if, there's a lot of studies out there that when people fall in love, they're actually happier.
2: Mm. And it's
1: not because their partner's with them all the time. They just feel their hearts open. Wow. So it's gotta be out there because they're not attached to their partner all the time, yeah. or their hearts more open to something that's in the air. So if you can be aware, just oh well, maybe there is something out there, yeah, maybe. and just be open to it.
0: Yeah, and one what the part that sticks out the most for me is that when you said that, as as someone who is still working on the love piece, but the the routine piece I have down to a science now. I wake up at four to pay tribute to Kobe. I do my thing like I, I write, I journal, I meditate, I work out, and then like seven a.m. hits, and then I'm ready to go. And that's something else that um. Um, The Los Angeles Lakers are 2020 world champions right now, and they are ready to defend the title whenever the season resumes, or the next season resumes, sorry. Um, And one thing that's, the the, the Lakers' second best player, Anthony Davis, do do you know him? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool guy. Said that the biggest part that he learned from the Lakers' best player this year, Mr. LeBron James, is the mindset and the routine and the obsessiveness it takes to be a champion. Like. Anthony was saying that before coming to Los Angeles, like on game day, he would just not have a regimented routine. He would just go and do whatever feels right. But then he would observe LeBron James and he, he would have like 20 things that were so regimented that he had to get done. And like the amount of investment in self just to get ready for true, like it takes, it took him like eight hours of work, preparatory work to get ready for two and a half hours of basketball in which he is exerting himself for 36 minutes. And I think that's what I want kids to know. That's what I want people to know. Like how much are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to sacrifice your entire day with set up setting up your day each and every interval of the way so you want to be successful for whatever your basketball game is? That's that's oh. the idea I want them to take away from
1: today. Totally I love that. I really love that. It really is that. It's giving right. everything to whatever that thing you're passionate about is. Completely mm-hmm. agree. Yeah.
0: And you said it too, right? It can be flipping burgers, it can be it's like at, it at 16 it can be flipping burgers, it can be painting your your school drama, like whenever things become yeah. normalized after COVID, like anything, right?
1: Yeah, it can be anything at all. I'm with you completely.
0: Um, yeah. Anything else you want to to add before we allow everyone to go do this? <laughs> <laughs> if, they, um, if they made it this far,
1: <laughs> if you made this far, just have fun. Yeah. Have fun with life. Life is meant for fun. It's meant for joy. It's meant for exhilaration. It's meant for fun. Put on some music, dance a bit, have fun with life. Don't take right. it seriously.
0: Yeah. Who should we listen to? Like Whitney Houston?
1: <laughs> now you're getting too yeah. specific.
2: <laughs> Who do we got? <laughs> Who do you dance to?
1: You're getting too specific on me now. <laughs> and I'm true. not answering because then you're gonna call me old. I'm not gonna Oh
0: yeah, I call I call Doc, I call Dr. Divi old like three times a week. So this is just another day.
1: <laughs> I keep coloring my hair and he keeps calling me old. I don't know what to do anymore.
0: What would I owe you? If you didn't do it, I think I'd just call you ancient. I just I would start bring a wheelchair to bar. <laughs>
1: To.
0: <laughs> be great. Oh, well. all right um yeah where can we find you um you also have like um do you want to talk about your promote your south asian uh women workshop at all or do you? Want sure to- i
1: teach a lot of workshops you check out my website my website yeah. is drdivi.com drdivi.com. Sure. uh check out my website and check out the book and um I, you know, send me an email. I'm totally open for anything. If you try to book an appointment with me, I book a couple months ahead. So um, that's always the hardest. Most people email me because it's faster. Mm. And if something drastic is going on, I'm happy to help you out. Um, but yeah, just drop me a line.
0: Amazing. amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. And um, you, happy Halloween. Enjoy the crispy autumn afternoon.
1: It is beautiful. You too. Thank you, baby. Thanks, Gabe.
2: recording